Power the Future presents the Your Fracking Welcome podcast. Each week, Rick and Larry take you through the latest news you need to know to take on the eco-left. We're proud to stand with our country's energy workers who get the job done every day. And to all those greenies out there, we say, you're fracking welcome. Now, here's Rick and Larry. It's Friday, and it's another Your Fracking Welcome podcast with Rick Quebec and Larry Barron's here with Power of the Future. Welcome, everybody. It's been a it's been a great week here as we uh, begin to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic uh, up here in Alaska. And I know down there in New Mexico, Larry, it was also Earth Day on Wednesday. It, How did you celebrate Earth Day? It was Earth Day everywhere. You know, I, I celebrated probably as more than any environmentalist would want me to celebrate. I stayed home. I didn't drive anywhere. And I just, you know... Um, consumed the things in my house. And so it's, it's kind of like the same way I've been celebrating about the last six weeks or so. Yeah, I was going to say 40, day 42, I believe, today of, uh, of our lockdown here in Alaska after, uh, after the COVID pandemic started to rage and, and run rampant through the, through the country. And I'm not making fun of this, man. I, I'm not. But the, the economy has been shut down in the state of Alaska, <clears throat> and we've had nine deaths. Now, that's, those are nine people whose families miss them. I get that. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we did up here this week was celebrate Earth Day uh, the same way that we've celebrated every other day this year by responsibly extracting and and uh, bringing to market oil, gas, mined materials, um, limited amounts of fish. I mean, you know, the fishing season up here is pretty much trashed commercially. But, the mining and the and the oil and gas development still goes on, and at, at least in Alaska, and I know down there in New Mexico, it's such a driver of our economy up here. We can't just sit down and, and stop producing, even with uh, record supply levels, even with um, you know pricing that went into the negative this week uh, for every barrel of oil. But Earth Day, yeah, who needs it? As long as you're doing it responsibly and technologically advanced and safely. We don't need a day to celebrate ripping away more of the fabric of Alaska, <clears throat> New Mexico, and elsewhere, Larry. We don't need to celebrate shutting down industry. Well, not not one to give you know free PR advice, but if I were a communications professional within the Sierra Club, within the Natural Resources Defense Council, I would have used Earth Day to to say, you know what, with oil going negative, uh, we're ready to step up. We're ready to bring all those jobs and all that revenue to these states that depend on what are the traditional sources of energy throughout the United States. But I, I can't help but notice that they didn't do that, almost as if the lie of the environmental community is uh, uh, absolutely true. I mean, I, I think it is getting um, laid to bear pretty well this week. Um, we'll talk. I know we'll talk about the the Michael Moore documentary next week. But let's just be honest. I think more and more people are opening up to the the snake oil remedy that is renewable energy and what it does to the environment, what it does to the economy, and it provides uh, no good answers for either. Well, up here in Alaska, the the greatest. Um hypocritical comment all week was actually to one of my um, op-eds that hit in must read Alaska at must read Alaska.com um, giving a shout out to Suzanne Downing and, and her uh, website cook and keeper. One of those organizations up here that is just a pain in the butt to all uh, responsible development. I mean, they are the eco of the eco when it comes to eco left. Um, 
the, the advocacy director took me to task on the op-ed that I wrote, Larry, on Must Read Alaska. And he said, you know, the future of Alaska is renewables. And so I wrote about it yesterday on powerofthefuture.com um, because they couldn't be more hypocritical with that comment. Bob Shavelson, the advocacy director that took me to task, is part of the group that back in 2012 and 2014 actually had resolutions of non-support for a green renewable energy project called the Susitna Dam that would have, get this, given electricity to two-thirds of the population of Alaska. Two-thirds. Massive project. Two-thirds of the people in Alaska would have been affected, and 50% of the overall power consumption that's currently being done mostly by natural gas would have switched to this dam and been renewable. But they fought it because, ready for this, it might have impacted, might have impacted a couple of fish runs. And so they would rather see fish and wildlife protected over 50% of South Central Alaska's energy needs being met by renewables. The powerofthefuture.com blog post that I put out actually has a copy of the the resolution. You want to talk hypocritical? That is uh, persona or, or public public image number one it's absolutely a smoking gun in their hypocrisy of what they're doing and, and it, it blew me away that groups like that and it's no different here right when they say they care about the environment well no they're just really caring about their uh you know pet project for the environment and we're seeing that here in new mexico as well you know and I know you know this, but just a quick, you know, a, a history lesson for the listeners. How it used to be is everyone, the environmental community got everyone mad at coal. And then they said, well, we're going to transition away. But don't worry, we're going to be able to keep your electricity going, the baseload, right, that will um, keep the lights on by using natural gas. Well, they've moved on from that. They've said, no, right. we, we can't have anything that is extracted from the ground to do this when they know that the sources of energy that they're bringing to the table are not the answer. They're... Uh, environmentally unfriendly to make, environmentally unfriendly to maintain, and environmentally unfriendly during their lifespan, and but yet they, they keep pushing these sources that, that make no difference. Well, you know, in New Mexico this week, I think a lot of folks have taken a, a good hard look at what the industry does for the economy and what all small businesses do for the economy, and we know that we're in a, a, a tough road ahead, a very tough road. They're, the cries to reopen our state uh, responsibly are, are growing louder, and we joined in that chorus uh, just this week. We were able to join... Uh, a free thinking, freedom loving think tank called the Rio Grande Foundation. We joined up with them and started the Reopen New Mexico movement. In fact, if folks want to go to the website, it's called Fairly Open which is F-A-I-R-L-Y, fairlyopen.com. And New Mexicans can sign a petition. And all we're asking for, and I know uh, folks on the other side will say that uh, we don't care about the health of of New Mexicans or anybody else, uh, which obviously isn't the case. I think what uh, we're asking for is what people are seeing all across the country. Why are big box stores able to maintain six feet of social distance, but not a small mom and pop store, particularly in rural parts of our states that um, rely on these businesses that 
have had to close down have no um, light at the end of the tunnel as far as reopening. I think, you know, we've said that the rules should apply equally. So it's not an easing of the rules. It is a fair application of the rules. And folks can go to the website there if they're interested in seeing what else we're asking for. But I was glad we were able to join that movement this week because getting our economic house back in order, not just in New Mexico, not just in Alaska, but nationally, is going to take a lot of work. It's going to be a long road back to do it uh, in, in a way that is responsible. And so the sooner we do it in a responsible way, the, the better it's going to be. And I don't know how it's looking up there in Alaska, but uh, we had the governor's spokesperson call anyone who wanted to open um, <laughs> uh, uh, up in New Mexico. They called this a death cult. And then they try to, you know, hem and haw afterwards and say, oh, well, if you assumed that meant you, that says more about you. No, we, we know what they were talking about. And as we record this on, on Friday, you know, protests are lining up in New Mexico. And so the calls are only going to get louder. Um, I, you know, Alaskans are responsible adults. New Mexicans are responsible adults. We could figure out how to responsibly return back to work and get the things done that we need to get done. And it's almost like, uh, you know, it, it's just the same as what we've heard from the environmental community all these years, right? The government has to decide for you what's best, and we have to decide for you what's best. There's nothing you can figure out on your own. By golly, you're just not smart enough. And it's a, a reoccurring theme that I know you see and I see as well. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> certainly up here, uh, we had a kind of a rolling protest a couple of days ago almost 500 cars um, in line, which, you know, I mean, considering there's only 700 people in Alaska, I'm kidding, of course. He said it, not Seven, me, not me. 700, 730,000 wonderful, amazing Great Landers uh, along with me here in the state. But about 500 of them got in, you know, you know, 500 cars got in line and did kind of a rolling honking protest. It was covered uh, by, you know, all the media. It was pretty awesome. Now that is in response not to our governor, um, who has a great plan for reopening the state uh, of Alaska, and, and it's a phase plan that came out this week. But it's really in response to our Anchorage mayor, um, uh, a gentleman named Ethan Berkowitz, who is from San Francisco, thinks San Francisco is a great model city, you know, uh, has tried to basically make Anchorage mini, mini San Francisco. And um, he told the governor, <clears throat> you're doing it wrong. You're doing it too aggressively. And I'm not going to put the citizens of Anchorage in harm's way. And he extended his stay in place and hunker in place order, even in defiance of the governor. And since local control is important in Alaska and written into the, the uh, state constitution, we actually have to, in Anchorage, uh, listen to the mayor and not the governor who has a plan to reopen um, much of the state over the next few months. So <clears throat> the uh, kind of the rolling protest against Berkowitz, who, by the way, is a um, Mike Bloomberg, uh, basically subject. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that because Bloomberg is basically bought and paid for his office. Um, you know, we need to reopen Alaska. We need to have Alaskan jobs. The energy community is, is just suffering here. Like I know they are in New Mexico and across the country, guys. Um, tens of thousands of, of workers, uh, every week from the energy community are, are going on, on unemployment because the economy is what it is and demands down. But as we reopen the country, it's going to be important that we push back against um, leaders, quote unquote, and I say leaders loosely, who want to continue to damage the industry that's uh, so important here in the U.S. You had um, your uh, uh, congressional person, 
even have a little bit of a conundrum this week. Talk about that, Larry. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm sure everyone's aware of, but if not, we'll definitely make them aware of it. Uh, our favorite congresswoman uh, out of New York City area, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, had a, a fun tweet that she ended up having what? to delete earlier this week as the price of oil went into um, negative status. I believe she was caught tweeting uh, being celebratory about it. And and I think it is so important that it deserves a direct quote. She said, quote, you absolutely love to see it. This along with record low interest rates means it's the right time for a worker-led mass investment and in green infrastructure to save our planet. Asterisk cough. And, you know, I, 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 I don't think I know why she ended up deleting that tweet because she was celebrating what was happening to tens of thousands, if not millions of energy workers across our country. And so she eventually had to walk it back, but not before a New Mexico congresswoman who is of the same party as AOC had to uh, respond to it. She represents uh, representative Sochil Torres small represents the largest energy producing part of our state right now. And, you know, she is in a district that is not friendly to the eco-left movement and so she had to actually come out and go back against AOC which is something not a lot of the Democrats do and she said you know a champion for working class should be a champion for all workers and you know when you look at what our congresswoman had to say in response to AOC you have to wonder was she more upset at how AOC reacted or was she more upset that People are actually losing their jobs. And so it is something that is putting, you know, uh, members of one party on a tightrope as they look at how they're going to deal with the eco-left and how much sway the eco-left purports to have and how much they really do, as especially as more and more Americans realize the backbone of the energy economy, both for our states and for the country. And so it's uh, it's been an interesting week here. I'm sure next week will be interesting as well, Rick. I, I hope, uh, you know, I, I think it'll be fun next week if uh, we both watch uh, Mr. Moore's documentary and uh, just have a little chat about it next week as well as what's going on in our our specific states. I think that'll be great, Larry. And, uh, you know, for our listeners out there, we appreciate uh, you you tuning in to the podcast every week. This is really fun to do. It's a, it's a good way to kind of wrap up what's been going on in New Mexico and Alaska. But mo- most importantly, it gives um, us just another, another vehicle to remind you that the eco-left is not your friend. The eco-left is a money-making machine bent on destroying America, period. There's nothing else that can be said. The extremist movement is not good for America. It's not good in New Mexico. It's not good in Alaska. The more that we push back against their uh, feelings over facts fueled argument, they don't, you know, they, it's kind of like watching, having a, turning on the light and watching cockroaches scatter, right? You throw facts at the eco left, they just scatter. They don't know how to respond because everything that they do is based off of this narrative of fear. It's our job to expose it. It's our job to champion energy workers. Larry, last thoughts? Absolutely. And we're proud to champion those energy workers. And we're going to continue to do so. And just, you know, a quick thought on the on the podcast. Everything you said was exactly right. I just want to uh, send a special thank you to those eco-left folks who are giving us one star on Apple Podcast. Uh, we appreciate that uh, badge of honor that they keep sending. It lets us know that, uh, you know, you're true socialist. Uh, you know, you don't charge us for the rent in your head. So we really appreciate it, Rick. I look forward to talking with you next week, man. Absolutely, man. That's it for this episode of Your Fracking Welcome. 
brought to you by Power the Future. Check us out online at PowerTheFuture.com or on Twitter at PTF New Mexico and PTF Alaska. In the meantime, make sure you tell your favorite radical environmentalist, you're fracking welcome. Welcome.